Welcome to Patient Stories. My name is Dr. Bertrand Liang, and these are episodes about some remarkable people whom I've met through the opportunity of being a physician. Ducastibus non est disputatum. Mr. J was an imposing man of Hawaiian descent, looking like he could play American football for the Dallas Cowboys or other such team. He was 32 years old, over six and a half feet tall, and weighed over 300 pounds. He was, to say the least, solidly built, but as opposed to playing defensive end somewhere, instead he owned a farm at the outskirts of town and sold avocados and other items to local restaurants in the area. When I first saw him, he had his shoulder-length hair pulled back into a ponytail and a billed cap branded with the Philadelphia Phillies baseball team on the front. He frowned when I came into the room, asking about another doctor who apparently he was scheduled to see but was transferred to me due to having an earlier opening. I like lady doctors, Mr. J noted. They listen better. I couldn't necessarily disagree with him, as I had little experience in that context. Well, you seem okay. I thanked him for his candor, and we proceeded to discuss what brought him here to see me. While I was friendly as I could be, I did notice that the patient never once smiled or laughed during our initial interaction. To be frank, his demeanor seemed to have a very flat affect, with almost no emotional intonation to his voice. He began, Well, doctor, it seems over the past month, things have tasted weird. I nodded my head while writing down his words. I can't necessarily tell you the taste. The best I can say is that it would be like fish rolled in cigarette ash. I asked the patient how he had come up with this description. I don't really know, doctor. I know what fish, especially tuna fish, tastes like. I don't like it. And know when cigarette smoke and ash has blown in my face when I'm outside. Maybe that's how. We went through the standard patterns, how frequent, what makes it better or worse, anything that could cause the event to occur and the like. The best the patient could describe was that it was almost worse in the morning, but could occur at any time during the day. The only thing that could take it away was a swig of beer, and it wasn't associated with anything else he could think of. He was indeed a smoker, and had tried to quit to his admission every year on his birthday, five years running. Unfortunately, he was unsuccessful each time. He denied drinking more than one beer a day, although this had increased as he tried to get rid of the taste in his mouth. And there was a history of depression, which the patient was taking medication. The patient already had seen the dentist, as well as the ENT service, both of which had negative workups. As I read the note from the ear, nose, and throat doctors, there was no indication of any issues with abnormal masses, secretions, or anything else for that matter. After examining him and noting no abnormalities, I told the patient that at this point, I wasn't sure what was going on, but in the nervous system, there could be a couple of things that we needed to rule out, particularly seizures, which might be able to cause something like this. So we began to work the patient up for seizures and other central nervous system issues over the next couple of months. Despite the fact his EEG has some slowing, there wasn't really any evidence of epilepsy and his MRI was perfectly normal. When I saw the patient again, we went over the results and I asked him if anything had changed. Well, I note that I am coughing more, said the patient. I reiterated to the patient that smoking is not good for anyone, never mind somebody with taste problems, especially which has an ashen taste. 
Yes, doctor, but it calms my nerves. I need these after I eat. I only smoke about half a pack a day and right before bed at night. We then discussed condition responses, that is, creating a response to a behavior previously unassociated, and he became intrigued. You mean that I can make myself calm, not the cigarettes, he asked, with more emotion than I'd ever seen him exhibit, that I can control it? I told him that in general this is often the case, and smoking does have that effect, although there is a physiologic effect as well. Huh, nobody told me that before, said the patient. After a pause, the patient noted, So, this is an unconscious thing. Well, it's an association response, I said. So does it happen in sleep also? Like, when I can't breathe at night and have to wear that stupid mask? I stopped. Um, Mr. J, do you have sleep apnea? Yeah, for a couple of years. I'm sorry, but didn't I ask you about the other medical conditions you were seeing a doctor for? Yeah, I told you. I don't see any other doctors. Then how did you get the sleep apnea treatment, I asked. It was a nurse who came to the county clinic. She told me. She arranged for the machine and everything. I wear that mask. It helps me sleep. But if I could just do this conditioning thing and not have to use it, that would be great. I felt incredibly dumb at that moment. Not only had I not asked the question broadly enough, about the care that the patient was receiving, I'd missed something that could have been relevant in the history of the patient. Mr. J, you've been using this machine for a couple of years, and has it been cleaned and maintained? He replied, I didn't know it had to be maintained. What do you mean? Well, I said, it needs to be calibrated periodically, checked for leaks, cleaned, etc. I never knew that, doctor, said the patient with a surprised and somewhat embarrassed look. In fact, the tubing is looking somewhat gross. Mr. J and I discussed scheduling a time with the sleep study technicians to teach him about the needed maintenance and getting him some more tubing for the machine. I noted that we should try this for a month and see if it would improve his symptoms and that he really should be followed in the sleep study clinics. The next time I saw Mr. J, He had a bag of avocados with him. This is for you, doctor, he said, with something that I'd seen for the first time, a smile. No more bad tastes. I thanked the patient for his generosity and asked him how the smoking and quitting was going. I'm working with my psychologist to break this conditioning thing you told me about, he said with an air of confidence. I'm very happy you told me about that. I was also pleased given that as a young man, quitting smoking would be so much better for his health. One other thing, doctor. Food just tastes better now, you know. I mean, whatever was in that machine really changed my taste. Steak and pork are fantastic again. But I still hate fish. Well, Mr. J, everyone has their own preferences and tastes. No one can deny that. Thank you very much for joining me for Patient Stories. Be happy, be healthy, and find peace.